Now, if you have your Bible, open it to Revelation chapter 2. We've looked at the first three churches that the Lord Jesus Christ has addressed comments to. And it's really fascinating to think that the Lord just knew firsthand all about these churches, relatively small churches in Asia Minor. John's on the island of Patmos. He has an encounter with the Lord. The Lord tells him to write these letters, and each of the letters is filled with an awful lot of intrigue. Well, the letter we're going to look at today, at the very end of chapter 2, beginning with verse 18, is the church at Thyatira. Now, before we turn here, I, I want to say that a lot of times when we see the way our world is going, we think it could never be this bad. I mean, it's getting so bad, and I agree, it is getting bad. But we sometimes need a perspective, and that perspective comes from our study of the Word of God. We need to understand what the world was like when the gospel broke loose after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, what the early church was facing. And the church at Thyatira is a great example of that. So let me, before we begin to read the letter, I want you to imagine a, a scenario. Imagine that you have a certain skill or you're a tradesman of sorts, a merchant. Let's just say, I'm going to say you're a plumber and you're part of a guild of plumbers back in Thyatira, all right? Again, trying to make a parallel to today. And imagine that this guild is, is critical to your income, to making a living, and then you get an invitation to their uh, very special function. And it says, we want to invite you to go to the temple of Termonus. And there we will dine together and celebrate the god Termonus. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's your invitation. And by the way, if you don't attend, you're going to be kind of an outcast when it comes to your trade, your skill, the industry that you're in. Well, that's exactly what was going on in the city of Thyatira. They had guilds, and in these guilds, they literally would focus upon a pagan god. They would, at their gatherings, offer up sacrifices, and they would as you can imagine, partake of alcohol, there would be all kinds of debauchery, all kinds of immorality. Now, when we think of merchants in the New Testament, we think of Lydia. Well, Lydia came from Thyatira, and she was the one who sold garments that were purple and very beautiful, and, but she also was used mightily of the Lord to begin a church at Philippi. And so this is the background. This is what people were dealing with when they came to the Lord. They were invited to these pagan temples where there would be sacrifices leading to all kinds of immorality right in the midst of this, this event that they would have. And so the Lord Jesus Christ is seeing how that body of believers is responding in this environment. And it says in verse 18, chapter 2, book of Revelation, and to the angel of the church in Thyatira, right? The words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and whose feet are like burnished bronze. Eyes like a flame of fire. He's able to see through, cut through. You ever have somebody that can kind of, it seems like they can look into your soul. Well, that's what Jesus Christ, our Savior, can do. 
It's indicating that he sees these situations. He cuts through the things that stand in the way of understanding the depths of what is really going on. And then his feet of burnished bronze. Bronze is something that is oftentimes tied to a judgment. And there's going to be judgment here in terms of this letter. And then the Lord Jesus said this. He begins with a commendation to the believers at Thyatira. I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. Now, think about it for a moment. I know your works. Jesus knows what's going on in our lives personally. He knows what's going on in our gathered body of believers, your church. And he says, I know your works. In other words, the works done on, on his behalf and his name. I know your love, your love for me, Jesus is saying. And faith and service and patient endurance. Every time I read one of these commendations in these letters in the book of Revelation, I'm thinking, I just can't keep wasting time on things that aren't eternal. And the Lord Jesus is observing our lives. And he takes note of the things we're doing that honor him and accomplish the mission he's given to each of us. And so he's saying that they're doing more and more. Their, their works now are exceeding what they did in the very beginning when they came together as believers and formed the body of believers. But the contrast is stark in verse 20. But I have this against you, that you tolerate the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. Now that's quite a contrast to say the least. Here's what he had against them. But I have this against you. You tolerate the woman Jezebel. Now, was it really? Was she called Jezebel? No, we don't know her name. This is more than likely a tie to Jezebel in the Old Testament. Jezebel who brought fear to Elijah. But it's also Jezebel who attempted to get the, the coming together of the, the god Baal along with Jehovah to combine the worship. In effect, when you begin to study what Jezebel in the Old Testament was like and apply it to, and this is being applied by the Lord himself to this woman, you're seeing someone that is operating very much like a witch. And she calls herself a prophetess. So in other words, she's made inroads into the church, apparently. Calls herself a prophetess as in teaching and seducing my servants. Now, we live in a day in which we have a lot of, of people, including a number of women, who claim to be a prophet or a prophetess. When someone claims to be a prophet or a prophetess, please don't buy in. It concerns me greatly that I'll look on YouTube and see that someone that's claiming to be a prophet and claiming direct revelation from God is getting tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of views, when someone that is teaching the Word of God is getting a relatively modest number of views. Don't listen to them. They're liars. We have the faith. Read the book of Jude, one chapter. The faith once for all delivered to the saints. Read the last book of the Bible. The last chapter of the last book, the Lord Jesus Christ says he will judge those that add to that revelation. So here we have a woman that is claiming some level of spirituality, but what she's really doing is seducing the servants of God, encouraging 
sexual immorality, infidelity, and the partaking of food sacrificed to idols. In other words, being involved in idol worship. Now, in this case, it's talking about, I would suggest to you, spiritual uh, infidelity, immorality, fornication, as well as physical. That was taking place in these meetings. As for the eating of food sacrificed to idols in the New Testament, we're told it's no big deal if you're buying it from the market. It has no tie to the idolatrous sacrifices made unto a god. But in this case, they were literally eating food sacrificed to idols, and they were participating in these sacrifices. And the Lord Jesus said, I gave her, we don't know her name, we know she's like Jezebel in the Old Testament, I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Now there's the incredible grace of God. Here is a woman that is leading people astray, making a claim that is false, namely she's a prophetess, and she's seducing the members of the body of Christ, and the Lord Jesus still gave her time. But he's going to judge. And he makes this statement, Behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her I will throw into great tribulation, unless they repent of her works, and I will strike her children dead. Now, there is an awful lot there, and we are limited on time. This person who apparently, this woman who apparently was involved in this body of believers who was leading them astray, Jesus was giving her time to repent. And then if she failed to repent, he was going to judge her with sickness, tribulation for those that would follow her. And she is going to literally pay a price in terms of her family and how her sin will impact even her children. The Lord Jesus Christ has to deal with sin in the body of Christ. And at times, just look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, when they were desecrating the Lord's table, some now sleep. In other words, some became sick and were judged. Some were taken home early because of their sin. And then the Lord Jesus said, And all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart, and I will give to each of you according to your works. But to the rest of you in Thyatira who do not hold this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay upon you any other burden. Only hold fast to what you have until I come. <laughs> Hear that? That should just cause you to just be on the alert. Hold fast what you have until I come, and it may be soon. Jesus continues, The one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron, and when earthen pots are broken into pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my Father. There's much more I could share, but we're out of time. I want to encourage you to read this letter from the Lord Jesus to the believers at Thyatira and put yourself in it. And just as their livelihood would be challenged if they refused to participate in the idol worship and the immorality that was a part of that, so we live in a day in which when we take a stand on biblical truth against the unbiblical movements in our culture, there are those that would threaten our capacity to earn a living in accord with our craft or our trade. 